You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I hope everyone is enjoying a beautiful summer. I am one week away from my first ever live Naked Beauty podcast event. I am beyond excited. There's been so much outreach, even from sponsors. I'm just getting very excited about this whole idea of doing more live events. Thank you so much to everyone who has purchased their tickets. There are still... As I record this, there are 18 tickets left. So get yours today. It's nakedbeauty.eventbrite.com. Eventbrite, E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E.com. Nakedbeauty.eventbrite.com. Join us. We're going to have rosé. There's going to be an amazing gift bag with products that I'm excited about. And most importantly, we're going to build community. For the show, I'm going to be going deeper with three women that you've all already met because you've heard their episodes, and it's going to be done in three parts. So part one is Mind, and I'm going to have a conversation with Gillian Sigansky. She's a writer. She's a DJ. I've also known her for a very long time. Her episode is called Always Wear Sunscreen and Always Be the Coolest Girl in the Room, if you guys remember that one. Gillian and I are going to have a very honest conversation about mental health, and I'm so honored that she is choosing to share with me and with this community. Part two is going to be with Anya Santana, the founder of Menos Mas. She's also my forever fitness inspiration and fitness goals. Her episode was called From the Bronx to Paris, if you guys want to go back and listen to that. So Anya will take us into part two of the event, which is all about body, skincare, fitness, health. And then we'll round out with my final guest, Rachel Omandi. I've had her on the show. Her latest episode is called The Scam of Being Yourself. And Rachel and I are going to talk about expression. What does it mean to create a look for yourself? Many of you have written to me to say that you can't come. That's totally fine. If you can't come, it's going to be recorded. So that's the thing that's so great about this show. Even if you're listening to Naked Beauty in a totally different country, you're still a part of the Naked Beauty community. I'm so grateful to all of you listening and sharing this show with friends. Please continue to socialize it, tweet about it, put it on your Insta story so we can all continue to grow together. Okay, Marjan. She is hysterical, she's smart, she's fashionable, she's gorgeous. This was just a dream interview. She's a fashion girl, but she's kind of dipping her toe into the beauty waters, and I could not have enjoyed this conversation more. Enjoy, and thank you guys so much for listening. 
sitting here with Marjan Carlos. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I've been reading your work for a long time. I've known about you. I've admired you from afar. And it's just like really great to have you here. Likewise. Likewise. I'm a big fan of yours. I think this podcast is amazing. And hats off to you. Thank you. So you have a really interesting background <laughs> because you were like an African-American study. You went back to grad school, studied yeah. African-American studies, and then like wound up at Vogue, which that feels like <laughs> diametrically opposed, but not really. I didn't think that I would wind up at Vogue. Um, I thought that I was going to be an academic. Really? And yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're in a rigorous like master's program like that, like the next logical step is to go get your PhD. PhD yes, and become right? a professor. Exactly. And I remember like my thesis advisor was like, you know what, Marjan, I really think that you should be a cultural critic. I think that you that's like the thing for you. I was like, really? Like what is that? He's like, it's <laughs> he's like, it's like what you do now. It's like basically just like you really commenting on life and and commenting on how the factors of gender and race and class and they how they all like intersect and how they inform the way that we engage with one another. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then I just started writing journalism. I was writing at Huffington Post when like Huffington Post was like very open. It was like a free form. Yes, you know? Yeah, I remember. I remember. Kind of started because from there, um, I was like doing this freelance writing on the side. And then um, I did go into fashion after after grad school, I like went and I worked at Net-A-Porter and I worked mm. at Moda Operandi and I worked at Saks and all these places as, a, as a online personal shopper. So, wow. I know. <laughs> I know. But you love clothes. I love clothes. It's, that sounds like a fun job. It was really fun. I mean, you met really interesting women who were all over the world and you just emailed with them and like, you're and like, they had money to spend. Honey, they had all the money to spend. <laughs> they were on their yachts. They were in their country homes. And they needed you to, like, help them figure yes. out what to wear. So I was just, like, pushing product on, like, really rich women for a long time. <laughs> and then, I'd be really good at that. I, I'm like that girl in the store who's like, you need to buy that. You need that bag. I never wanted to do it inauthentically because I think there's still a part of me that is, like... Consumerism uh, bad. Yes. Yeah. And, like, that whole, like, academic, rigorous side of me when I was, so I was like I just want to form relationships and I did and it was it was actually really wonderful to talk to these women from all all across the world from Singapore to Brazil but um I was doing that and I I also really loved writing though like writing was always like the main main beat okay and then um I, after I left after I left Moda Operandi my mom was like, you should start a blog. I was like, a blog? Like, what? Like, and she was like, no, really, seriously, just start a blog. So I started a blog. What was it called? It's called Lady Pants. Okay, that's a good name. Pre-Hillary Clinton, too. It was very pre- <laughs> I don't know if it was the best name, but it was, it was, I don't know what I was thinking. But I, I guess it, it was kind of speaking to the fact that I was always a little tomboyish, but I always had, like, a great admiration for, for fashion. And so I, from there, like, this editor of Lerve magazine saw my writing and she was like, I really love the way that you write. Would you want to interview Solange? And I was like, uh, yeah, that was like 2013. Oh, wow. But she was still everything then. Like, she, I feel like Solange has always been that girl, like just the cool girl that everyone wants to be. And the, what I love about culture right now is allowing for um, different experiences and different expressions of black culture to, to really have a place. Mm -hmm. I think when I was growing up, like there just weren't a lot of people like that there wasn't a lot of space yeah. to do that so when I saw Solange I was like wow it's really amazing that like you can express your blackness um in so many different ways it's not myopic it's not narrow and like and you don't have to feel bad or apologize for that so I always found her unapologetic yes. approach really really enticing and alluring so I interviewed her for um, Lerve magazine and then um we had a lot of mutual friends okay and so I would see her around and then she was starting St. Huron, and she was like, would you come on and be an arts and culture editor there? And I was like, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't I did, I didn't have like the J school to internship to... <laughs> right, right, right. It wasn't a linear path. Exactly. It was like doing so many weird things. And yeah. then I found myself being like, oh, I'm, I think I want to be a journalist. Okay. You, know? you kind of like honed in on that being your path. Yeah, yeah. You said something that's so interesting. It really struck a chord with me about the responsibility that we have as black women when you're in these institutions, mm -hmm. like these big corporations, like I've always worked in corporate, or like a Vogue to 
tell the stories that aren't being told. Yeah. Could you say more about that? I totally believe that. When I was at Vogue, I um, I was I was working digital, so it wasn't print. And so there was a lot more space. And, I, and Sally Singer, who's the, still the creative director yeah. of, the, of Vogue.com, I think she just was really gave a lot of us writers a bandwidth to write about the things that we were really interested in. Mm-hmm. So I did I didn't come up against a lot of obst- obstacles or challenges to the idea of like you know, if we're going to cover the Oscars, I want to cover the peop- the POCs that are going to the Oscars. Yeah. Cuz that's what my eye immediately goes to. I, I'm not really interested in Emma Stone, like God bless her, <laughs> but I'm really interested in like you know, what Tessa Thompson's wearing or, or Ruth Nega or like th- that was the perspective that I was always interested in covering. And so I have to give it up to the the editors for allowing me the space to explore those topics and to bring that content. You know, I came in at a time where those conversations about race and gender in fashion were finally I know. like starting to happen. Yes. So I was like, oh, okay, great. And that's my that's my area of expertise. Like exactly. I, I have a, you know, BA in gender studies. Right. And your a, professor knew <laughs> that right like the recommendation was a strong recommendation. Exactly. And it's like, oh, I never thought that that these degrees would make sense in the context of fashion and certainly not in the context of Vogue, but I think I just kind of came at that moment where it was really broadening and and the internet again, obviously democratizes things. Of course. So you're you're not just speaking to like the women from the Upper East Side, you're speaking to like people who have Wi-Fi access. So I think that all those things kind of coalesced coalesced and I was, and I took my job really seriously and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I I don't think that it's um, like narrow or like ghettoizing myself to only talk about these particular things. Like I thought it was actually really like, I always had people to talk about. Yes. And our culture is so rich, and we should elevate it so that more people are aware of these names and, and people and ideas. Absolutely. And I just, and it's no diss to my colleagues. They just didn't see it like that. Like, didn't, yeah. you know, they like, they you don't were, know what you don't know. Yeah. They didn't, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just did, they like literally did not know. Yeah. So, I was, I was like, okay, well, I like these girls. I've been stalking these girls. I yeah. think that we should pay attention to them. Yeah. You know, and I think if you're in rooms like that, you should always speak up because, I mean, I was one of like three black people on the floor. So um, <laughs> I would be in these rooms and I would be pitching stuff and I just would just go for it. I mean, I was like, I was the first person I ever wrote about Cardi B. Wow. On Vogue. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, and that was tough. To it like, was a tough sell. It was a tough sell. We had to figure out the right angle to like, I know. <laughs> to get I know. her in and there. And how many months until she's on a cover, right? It's just a matter of time. I think it's only a matter of time. I saw something in her and was like, I think that that's something that we should be discussing. So if you see something, I think you say something and, and hopefully you're working in environments where people like encourage you. Absolutely. You know. Did you ever get to go to New Orleans and like hang out and party with? Solange and crew. I never went to, to New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay. No, 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 no. Um, I mean, like, what did I? Th- we likened it to. We likened it to like a girl group because it was like five of us. Yeah. And we were so young. Like I was, I think I was thirty okay. <laughs> or something like that, or thirty-one. I mean, that I was a baby. I look at those pictures and I'm like, wow, I was in utero. Like I just think that was like another. But but how <laughs> how old are you now? If you don't mind me asking. I'm thirty-six. Does it does thirty six feel that much? Like, does it feel that far away? Yes, really. Because I'm twenty nine and I feel like I'm like forty. Like I feel like <laughs> you're not. I'm like I've <laughs> this is it. I'm like evolved. Like this is I'm not going to grow anymore. Oh my god, you're going to grow so much, really? Brooke. Brooke, yeah, you're going to like you'll probably have a few more career changes. You'll probably oh ha- you're in your Saturn return. You're going to grow so much. I think from like I would even say from the time that I went freelance. I'm a t- completely different woman. Like I see pictures of myself when I worked at Vogue or when I look, I worked at St. Huron and I'm like, God dang. Like I was just like a little wee thing. Yeah. Like I think that, and I, I know that, you know, in f- four years when I'm 40, I'm going to look back at 36 and be like, <laughs> I was a baby. I was you know, like swaddling clothes. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. So I just think that there's a lot of growth that happens yeah. in between. So you have an incredible sense of style, amazing oh, approach you. to beauty. How did you kind of develop it and hone it? Like, where did you grow up? Who were you looking up to? 
Oh, gosh. I appreciate that. I think that is also still evolving, too, right? Like, I feel like my style is always a constant conversation I'm having with myself. I mean, it started from the time I was little. I was the only girl. And my mom really loved um, making my clothes. She loved shopping for my clothes. Um, My dad made a big deal about my Sunday dresses. And so we went to this boutique called Plum Tree. Okay. And he would just he'd be like okay you gotta you gotta pick out like two to two dresses two to three dresses i was like okay and that like formed a lot of my shopping habits right like i mean if (laughs) i was getting like a green light to 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 really form your personal style and to like and to enjoy fashion and um really relish in it. And it, I realized at a young age, you know, you, you look good, you feel good. Yes. So I always was really obsessed with fashion. My mom was a really big um, fashion girl. I mean, she has her own really unique personal style, which I really love. It's really like accessory heavy. Mm. I, I just was always, I was always intrigued by clothes. And I was that girl who read Vogue magazine. Same, you know. yeah. Who were your favorite designers? I loved Isaac Mizrahi because I watched Unzipped. Yes, iconic film. Everyone should see it. Everyone needs to see it. I, if you're a fashioner, you got to see this. The yeah. clips of Naomi Campbell in that documentary are so insane because doesn't yeah. someone like propose to her in the middle of it or something? I feel like she gets many marriage proposals yeah. like on the daily. Um, <laughs> that show, I mean, that movie was just so formative because, you know, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. It, I grew up in the suburbs. I was really detached from the fashion world and like media and, and entertainment, but I was really intrigued by all of it. So when I had movies like that, it felt like a little dispatch yes. from the world that I was really interested mm-hmm. in, like joining one day. That kind of stuff really helped us f- shape our imagination and like yes. and make these types of things, you know, such as our careers, plausible in our minds. Right. So that was definitely a, a very big influence. I also would watch Fashion television, the show oh with Tim Blank. Yes. yes. Wow. Throwback. Yes. yes. I, I, oh my God. I met him recently. Um, I did a talk for Freeze Art and he was like, oh, yeah. The I host. saw that you, you interviewed Dapper Dan yes. and some other like amazing people. It was like those OGs yeah. who really paved the way for us and, um, and our call and our peers. I just I stand for them. Yeah. Um, so that was really influential too. But I don't really feel like I, started to really like experiment in my style until I got to college. Yeah. And I wore a uniform, you know, yeah, in, exactly. in high school. So I was like, what? You know, and they think in college, I was like, okay, experiment, you know, really wave that freak flag. And I think, and I was also when I started wearing my hair natural, like there was no pressing. Right. You were just embracing your natural texture. Yeah, okay. exactly. And I, um, you know, I never had a perm. My dad was like, nah, no daughter of mine is getting a perm, you know, because That's great. <laughs> it, w- it was really interesting. He was very, um, he was forward thinking, but he was a, he's a doctor. And so he had all these dermatologist friends who were like, I have all these black women in my office telling me their hair is falling out. Right. And, and so he was like, no. But in Texas, you know, there was still this like, this thing about long, straight hair. Of course. You know, it was it's been like, the beauty standard for so long. So long. Even my nieces are like, I just want long hair. And I'm like, who Ugh. told you that? Yeah. It's really weird. Um, and th- I, that was in co- when college happened. I just started wearing my hair natural. I just started shopping the way that I wanted to shop, buy the things I wanted to buy. And then when it came to New York, I think when you come to New York, it's time to step it up. Like, like the city will do it for you. Right. The city's right. not going to tell you that directly, right. but it will be like, it's your time, honey. What are you wearing? Yeah. What are you doing? Yes. <laughs> you look very rural, very local. You look very rural. Yeah. No, but that's that's very real. It's and I think that it's such an inspiring place to live because you see yeah. so many different ways of approaching your look. And I think I used absolutely. I, I've always loved fashion, but I started really getting obsessed with beauty maybe in the last five years mm-hmm. because I actually think what you wear is kind of one layer, but I actually think how you decide to do your hair or makeup or even the decision to not wear makeup, right. I think that actually forms kind of your identity more than the clothes that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to become more of a beauty girl because I do think that there's a fine line between the fashion girl and the beauty girl, right? Like, I, I, like working in, in editorial, you kind of yeah. see it, right? Yeah. 
I, I, I'm getting more into it because I realize- It's an exciting world. It is Join. an exciting world. I realize the significance of it. Um, I realize the significance of a great cleanser or just like a treatment like microneedling, like what that can do for you. Oh, have you done microneedling? I have. What was that like? It was so scary, Brooke. Was this for a story? Like, are you elected to do this? Like, you paid money, you went, you did it. So it was kind of one of those things, you know, when you're an editor, they're like, ah, come get, you know, yeah. your face shut up with Botox if you want. You know, like, we just want you in the room. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. So, so that you mention us. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I'll come see what this is, what's going on here. And it was a black uh, dermatologist. And so I was just like, I, you know, I'm always there to, or not dermatologist, but I don't Esthetician. know. Esthetician. Yes. Yeah. That, that um, and so I was gung-ho. I go, they're so sweet. They're nice. And they're like, so what do you want to do? Maybe you should try microneedling. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but like, why not? And <laughs> they're like, okay, so it's like a little gun that like just shoots little needles and, and like pokes the, the first layers of your skin. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. Like, I whatever. <laughs> like, I didn't know what I was getting into. Okay. Story of my life. Um, So I like <laughs> lie down and she starts using it on me and I was like oh this is the mild version and it felt like I, ha I have a tattoo and it felt like thousands of those little oh my god I've done like, microblading I can't even imagine how painful that would be oh it was it was crazy. was it worth it did your skin look great afterwards I'm not gonna lie it looked really good really I, I went see now I want <laughs> <laughs> I went back yeah, to work to look good. and people were like what what's going on your skin it's like you look like a child you look like a baby like there was like because literally a day later it just takes a day for right. that redness to go down because I was—that's what I was horrified by. After I left the right. the hotel, I was like, "Oh my God, look at my face! Yeah, why did I do this to myself?" And I hid for a day, and then I came back, and my skin was just reborn, and it looked beautiful. Yeah, it's—it's. I mean, you're really supposed to draw blood. Like that's like how—that's what it can, can do. It's oh like it's kind of intense. Isn't it interesting that as women we just kind of accept that beauty and pain are synonymous? Yes. Like we're just like, oh, it's going to be really painful and hurt and be awful, but you're going to look great. And we're like, okay. No, absolutely. But it's been that way since we were, you know, young, getting our hair pressed. You know, like it's exactly. just old. It's just a very early lesson that you get as a woman. I wonder if it will always be like that, though. Like maybe 20 years from now, women will be like, they used to do what? I don't know. There's something to like when I like I'm looking at your makeup. Right. And I'm like, I wonder what that whole process was like. And that process intrigues me because I'm not good at that yeah. process. Like I'm learning that process and I'm always interested and I'm always observing people. Yeah. Like when I get my makeup done, I'm like, what's that like? There's yeah. just, I think there's a curiosity to like the whole spiel of yeah. beauty. So even if 20 years from now, I think we'll still be like, I would like to unpack right. this mask or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this ritual. And I know you're not so into makeup, but hair has been your focus area. Yes. And I feel like we have like a kind of similar-ish yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, I'm getting my hair put in crochet braids tomorrow, <laughs> and it's been out for, I swear to you, four days. And I'm like, nope, can't do it. Yeah. Texting my stylist, what's the next protective style? Because I always try to grow out my hair. Mm -hmm. And the second it gets past, there's like, so there's like TWA cute. And then there's like this middle length that's like, right now this is manageable. Then there's like a few inches longer than this where it's not, it's just a no man's land and yeah. it's just more work and it's not cute. Yeah. And it takes so much time and I have a busy life. I'm like you. I'm a, I have a lot of a lot of stuff to do. Right. So I want to have my hair done all the time. Right. So I'm also going to get braids again. Yeah. I took my braids out on Tuesday. Um, they'd been in for a month. And right. I loved them, but they got really fuzzy. I like to experiment, but it, ha it the experimentation, I'm always looking at solutions to make it more efficient, but, but on point. Yes. Right? So it's like, okay, so I'm going to get the braids again. So when I wake up in the morning, I shake and I go. Right. You know? Right. And then um, I've done weave, which I'm really trying to lesson on yeah. because that's not blending the leave out is just a losing game i did that one summer like two years ago and it was such a pain my hair is breaking um it just was not cute yeah. and, and heat is so bad for natural hair like i oh think gosh. so yes. doing putting color on your hair changes your curl pattern mm. i am fine I with that damage yeah but the heat damage is so unacceptable yeah. and it's just not worth it. It's I flat ironed it. my hair back to back 
um, in like December and January, mm-hmm. and I so regret it. Mm-hmm. It was, and like I'm doing protein treatments and I'm getting it back to where it needs to be. Yeah. But it's just not worth it to flat iron your hair. I agree. I actually totally agree with you. And I also was went through the same thing about the same time. Um, I literally was cutting chunks of straight strands out of my hair yeah. because it's I, never going to revert. It was never going to revert. I started putting in um, clip ins. Oh, that's smart. Which actually, kind of a pain in the ass too. Like, like <laughs> there are no kind of, shortcuts. Yeah, there are no yeah. shortcuts. There's no well, way out. Here's the thing. So, on, in February, I did this big story for Refinery Twenty Nine about um, the evolution of the lace front wig. Oh yes, and I saw that. I loved researching that. Yeah, story. It was so much fun because wigs are fun. Yeah. Wait, wait did you have you worn lace fronts? I wore once for the Met Gala, lacy oh, red wig. Like, fancy. I know. It was like she she did. She did my hair for the Met Gala, and I did a wig, and it was for a story for Vogue. And um, I kept the wig, and I like, I kept wearing it, and I kind of kept cutting it, and all that kind of stuff. But it never really looked right on me because yeah. really, Lacey was the one who should have installed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It shouldn't have been yeah, me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just learning about how the advances in technology have allowed women to. Lay, right. you know, lay their own hair every day, and to just kind of live a life that's a lot easier, right? And like, not focus on doing your hair for like an hour. I just know. go. I know. For everything to be at its optimal, you have to put in work. Yes. So you can't think that you can't put in the work right. for your hair and it's going to thrive and be healthy and look great. So it's like I like want it to look great all the time, but I don't want to do the work, which is like oh, that's that's like. <laughs> So, okay, Brooke, so, you're speaking my language. So, so the the message that I got on the Naked Beauty Planet like Instagram account that I was like, I've never thought of this. So I was complaining oh, right. last yeah. night in my Instagram story. I was like, I have it's eight thirty. I'm just starting to wash my hair. Mm. Like I have a, I, like I have hours ahead of me. Like yeah. I'm miserable. And so someone said, Have you ever considered like salon visits? Like basically getting your natural hair done at a salon? Yeah. I've never considered that. Oh, like I, paying someone to do a twist out. I I went to. Um, this new stylist in March. Okay. Yesenia. I, I think her like her handle's like, yes, the hairstylist okay. or something like that. Um, she was fabulous. She cut my hair. Yeah. Well, she, if you're getting a cut, then I totally get it. She, but then she told she taught me how to style it. Okay, yeah. She I've done me, that with like, Alicia. That's like yeah. that for me was really great because she was she, I sat down in her chair, I was like, my hair is is crap. It's damaged. Yeah. It's damaged goods. Like, save it if you can. <laughs> save me, yeah. And she was like, no, no, no. Your hair is fine. Like, you're just not doing it doing correctly. It right. yeah. Like, I was like, oh, okay. So she just showed me step by step. She was like, you need gel. Like, yep. that's one thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, do I? And she was like, yeah, you need gel. You have to, like, yeah. what's what's holding the curl pattern? What's your favorite gel? So I just got the, um, tell me if I'm butchering the pronunciation of this, Oribe? Oribe? No, that's yeah. right. Okay. Oribe. Oh, wow. I... You're fancy. I'm like using Eco Styler gel. No, honey. Now, now listen. Now listen. Um, <laughs> this was a gift. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it was a gift. I got their whole like new natural curl pattern. Um... Oh, they're, they're talking to us black women now? I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Okay. I love it. Really? I okay. love it. I would highly recommend it. It's Oribe. worth the price because they, they sent it to me when I had the braids in, right? So I was like, okay, well, you know. When I take the braids out, I'll, I'll try it. And I got a mask, I got a leave-in, I got a styling butter, and I got gel. Wow. And the and the gel is fabulous. It smells, all of it smells amazing. She also said something to me. She taught me that, you know, let go of the conditioners and, and condition my hair with masks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a deep, deep treatment mask person. I didn't know that that was, like, what I needed to do. She's like, co-wash with a, with a conditioner. mask. Oh, co-wash with a mask. Co-wash with a mask. Oh, wow. And then your shampoo, there needs to be like one shampoo that's like a... Clarifying. Cl- yes. Yep. That's one that needs to be in the in the lineup. But the other product needs to be like an, a conditioner. So it's like kind of weird that you're... She's bumping things around. Yeah. And it actually... Changed the game for you? It, do, it did change the game for me. But I am also like you. I'm at that same length. Yes. That's annoying. It's like, it's like not, annoying. It's not like sexy right now. Yeah. Like it's on a very sexy length. Yeah. So I'm going back. No, but it looks, yours, yours looks really great. I feel like I always like other people's hair more than my own. I I'm always like, your hair looks I amazing. Like, I was just saying the same about you. I was like, I know, it's I'm bad. Like, it's I actually bad. like your hair. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite beauty products or beauty trends at the moment? 
you know, I'm getting into to the beauty game. I'm like, my nails look atrocious, so I have a manicure after this. So that's also something that's really important to me to get my nails done. So I go and I get the shellac manicure, okay. which I really, really love. It, mm-hmm. it allows my nails to grow. It gives them a break. Yep. They look like crap right now. Because that no, normally no, you have beautiful nail beds. Oh, thank you. I didn't know that. They're very nice. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's one thing I love to do. And then I'm tinting my eyebrows at Pinkies. Oh, nice. Which is really, really great. I okay. need to go in for another round. And then I also recently got into Fenty Beauty, right? Yes, so I, I did like a shoot, and the makeup artist was like, You need to get this Fenty Beauty foundation. And I was like, Okay. And I went like the next day and I bought that, and I love it. Yes. Um, so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I was like, it's Rihanna. It's a true innovative product. It, 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 I'm wearing it right now. I don't feel oh, like... Oh, it you, doesn't... It looks like your skin. It it never feels like I'm overdoing it. I have the Laura Mercier Tinted Moisturizer, which I will add to. Mm-hmm. But I, this the foundation's amazing. I also did an article recently for on Vanity... On bronzer. On, on bronzers for Vanity Fair. So they sent me like... Yes. All this bronzer. Wait, I'm I'm very confused about this like resurgence. Bron- I I feel like I've been using bronzer for years. I'm confused about this like what's the what, what makes the bronzer now different from the bronzer of the past? Well, what Priscilla was telling me, Priscilla Ono, the 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 head beauty woman at Fenty, she was telling me that it was more about sun-kissed. It was more about mm. not like a orange block. Right, on your, right, on your right. skin, but more like creating dimensions yeah. and bringing out the angles on your face. Yes. It's kind of like the new contour. Yes. A much more flattering, tasteful contour. I, w- I would completely <laughs> yes. agree. And I was like, okay, you know, and I, I went through all the colors that they uh, they had. They have like eight shades. I think it's Beijing Gal. Okay. I think that's what the one that I like. I love the brush that came with it. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. And then... Um, make beauty. My friend and her father like started that company. Oh, and so I know, and I it's like it's a, it, she's very very chill woman, and I we went to college together, and she just sent me all this product from Make, and I'm just diving into it. But I really love their lip balm. I love their packaging. I mean, I think it's just they were ahead of the game in a lot of ways. It's, it was very like eco friendly and oh, that's and like conscious. my my jam. Yeah, I really wish that there could be a clean beauty makeup brand that mm-hmm. was on the level of a Fenty or a yeah. NARS or a Pat McGrath. Like, I feel like that is so missing from the market. Yeah. Um, do you know Kajir Weiss? Who? Kajir Weiss. I don't. She makes, like, these blushes that's, like, kind of natural. RMS Beauty is, like, another one. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, needed. It's I, – I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm just learning and educating myself okay. on the subject of clean beauty and, and certainly on sustainable fashion. When I was in the editorial world, like, you know, that stuff was really dismissed and really seen as something that was Hippie, a one-off. granola. Like, it's like not. But it's interesting because you've had natural hair for so long. And I feel I like my foray into making all of my own skin products now and making all of my own body Ooh. products is because I, nice. you know, I first learned how to make whipped shea butter for my hair. Okay. You know, and okay. I first learned to, like, mix avocado and yogurt and all this stuff for hair masks. Yeah. And then now I'm just translating that to skin. I think that, I mean, kudos to you, girl, because that is <laughs> amazing. I th- I don't know why I never made the connection between, you know, your natural hair with your, like, natural skin products. I think because my skin routine is so bare bones. Yeah, you have great skin, though. You don't have to do anything. I, I appreciate that because I, I, I've been having a lot of problems with it recently. I just okay. got a tan, so I think it's maybe evening, evening okay. out things. Yeah. I did read, though, that you use like a $400 moisturizer from Chanel, so I okay, feel that like... Was I feel was a like, gift. Don't say you're bare bones. <laughs> that, I, Julie gave me that for my birthday. Okay. So And I used it all up. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, fair. You're like, mm, okay. Fair. No, I use um, less... The face oil. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with that brand. I'm not, but I love a face oil. It's really, really nice. It's L-E-S-S-E. Do you know what type of oil it is? I don't. It's probably like an argan oil or something you could buy yourself, but. It's like, the question's like that. It's like, (laughs) that's how you. Just start. Just start. I always tell people to start looking on the back of packaging and start to make the connections for what your skin and hair likes because you'll start to see like, oh, I'm noticing that every time shea butter is added to something, 
my hair loves it. Or right. every time there's argan oil in a product, my skin loves it. It's just educating yourself and switching your brain. So it's like, okay, you're a fashion girl, and now you have to really create a beauty routine that like, yeah. you know, mirrors that. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm starting to do. Yeah. yeah. Are you into fitness? I am. Okay, what do you do? So I recently... <laughs> Recently, sprained my foot, so I've been out of the gym for like two months now, which really, really? sucks. Oh. And the rudeness of you sitting in a tube top here with perfect abs oh, is like I, upsetting. I, I, You're like, oh, I've been out of the gym for two months, as you like laugh with your six pack, like listen, perfectly. Listen, I don't have, I don't have the time. Work. I don't have the time. Have I, you really been out of the gym for two months? Yeah. Do you think it's just like genetic? Like you're just in great shape. I think it's genetics. I mean, yeah. I, I also haven't had a kid. I mean, I mean, you know, like yeah. I'm sure if once I have a kid, my body is going to be like, uh, what are you doing? What yeah. you do you want to have kids? I do. Are you scared? I'm scared about physically scared. Oh, I'm like, am I physically scared? No, I don't think I'm physically scared okay. to have a child. I I love kids. I, I think that motherhood is like a really beautiful thing. I think, and certainly at my age of 36, my body has changed massively. Mm. Like, it, you know, I have, like, I'm, I'm curvier. It's not just that, but it's also there's something internally, right, where it's like your body is like, yeah, I think you should have kids. I like think you that, see kids and you think they're cute. And oh, you're like, I want one. Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm an auntie. Like, that <laughs> is like a full-time job for me. And like, whenever I go see my, my niece and my nephew, like, I'm just like, okay, that's like a real pull towards motherhood. Yes. And I also, but what I find really wonderful is to see women like Gabrielle Union or um, Tamron Hall. Like women who live their lives, took some time to get there. And then are mothers now. Yeah. And And love it. And they love it. And they're, they're older. So this age, there's like an enormous pressure to, to have a kid so like imagine if I was scared I had like fears about my body changing and you know what that would look like and then it's like oh but I have to do it now right or I'm not gonna have a kid right you know so it's like I think about that a lot would you freeze your eggs I was thinking about that I was I really want to I don't I don't see any I just found out my company pays for it a lot of women yeah I know you better go do that it's so expensive (laughs) I know it's very expensive but I think it's I mean, it's definitely an investment in your future. and um, But I also recognize that, like, motherhood isn't for everybody. So it's yeah. not. But for me, I would, I would like to be a mom. Yeah. What about beauty trends that you really do not like and would like to see retired? I just want Kylie. I can't say that. Yeah, of okay, course. I was like. We, we, hate on, <laughs> we hate on Kylie all the time on this. I, I mean, like, did, did you see her new skincare line that just launched? It, the walnut stuff? Yeah, everyone was like Saint Ives apricot scrub has being dragged has been dragged on the internet for years. And right. Everyone right. who knows anything about skincare knows no. It's a no. It's like it, it's just too harsh right. on your skin to exfoliate it that way. She's like I have a walnut scrub. Like everyone was like what? I read that. I was looking and researching the the beauty world and that story came up about the the walnut scrub and all that stuff and I was just like Kylie Jenner is not a disruptor. She's just disruptive of of the of the beauty world. I find her presence and like her her fame and like her easy success. Mm. I mean, she may have put in some long hours, but I just don't think it came to her easy. So I think that that really annoys me. About <laughs> that pisses yeah. me off because I I think there are a lot of like innovative women of color who want to put out product lines, who want to you know. Be them, be entrepreneurs themselves, and they're just not getting the VC to like even start and launch a company like right. that. Like, what? That's right. that. It just feels criminal. And then when she always looks, I don't know. I just I don't like the look. I, I yeah. not, I'm not feeling the look. I mean, there's something that is so deeply hypocritical about having cosmetic surgery, which is fine. It's totally fine. Right. But then and having these expensive dermatologists and facials, and then being like. Here, buy this cream on your Chase debit card and pretend. <laughs> you know, it's like it's 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 not fair to like sell a product and be like, this is this is why my skin looks so great, because there have been all of these other things. All these other things that are just pushed into your into her skin routine to make it look the way that it does. Right. And I, I think it she's like selling such a 
she's like a snake oil salesman like she for really me is. like yeah. that no that, i agree that's the trend that annoys me the most it's like it's not just i think women should wear women and men should wear makeup in the way that they want to wear mm-hmm. and um but it's we need to really be aware of like the people that we're holding up as like leaders in that industry totally i i i'm i don't understand why pat mcgrath like wasn't given the forbes cover it's just it's Weird. Why wasn't Rihanna yeah. well, given? I mean, you the you know why cover. she wasn't given the Forbes cover. Right? Well, p- get Rihanna then, because Rihanna yeah. like made like seven hundred million dollars yeah. like within a couple of months. I know. So that's a story that I want to re- hear. But you know, that I think that's what just was deeply disappointing to me. Yeah. I got eyelash really? extensions recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. After well, no, no, they're yeah. not on now. Oh, after yeah, like, swearing them off. Okay. I hadn't done it in like three years, but I got a credit, and I was like, oh, I'll just do lash extensions. Yeah. No. I I was reminded why I stopped doing it because like they start falling out. Okay, my eyes were all red afterwards, and it calmed down after a day. And like it looked pretty, I guess. Right. But it's like you can't really wash your face the way you want to because you can't get your eyes wet. And I do a bunch of oil cleanse. Okay. Like I just felt I don't like things that make me feel like inhibited, right? Okay. Like I got nail extensions once when I was in Thailand because I was like it's cheap, and yeah. I was like I can't use my hands. I th- I completely completely agree with you. I think that. It kind of goes back to our earlier conversation about hair and how we want it to be easy. Yes. We don't want to feel like it's holding us back. So I feel like, you know, you probably think your hair is kind of holding you back or like in the sense that it's taking up time. Yes. That you could be doing something else with. Yes. So, yeah, I, I'm like you. Yes. If, if it's inhibiting, I don't want it. And I, I think that's also why I'm kind of I'm intrigued by wigs, but I'm also curious, like, will that hold me back? In the sense, so I'm like, am I going to be weird about people looking at my scalp? I saw them up close and how they're installed. Yeah. And they do look pretty seamless, but you have to really, and that's, this is my thinking. You clock those because they were installed poorly. Sure. Maybe. Sure, sure, sure. Right? Yeah. Like Beyonce is a perfect example of like, you can stare exactly. for hours and you'll be like, <laughs> where does it start in your head? Like you, you can, she whips her hair, like you can't, you can't pinpoint, Right. <laughs> laughing no but it's because true. i do it too i'm like you're like try to like you'll zoom in like <laughs> so what what but her, it's up and then these are the edges so this is you can't you can't tell no exactly she's probably doing all sorts of things she's probably doing like you parts oh and yeah. like she's it, 10 years ahead of, she, of wig technology she was the one i don't know i'm i'm intrigued but i also feel like I, am i gonna be inhibited by that yeah what I do like about wigs, and I haven't really worn wigs, but what I do like about them is that you can change your hair color. Absolutely. So, like, you can do like a candy colored pink or like a lime green, or like mm-hmm. like you can just really go there and mm-hmm. not commit to damaging your own hair. That's what I love too, right? So, yeah. what's not going to damage my hair? What's going to protect my hair? What's gonna? That's I think the beauty of braids. So all summer I'm just going to do braids. Yeah. So by September, I hope that my hair has grown out of like the awkward yes. stage. Yeah. A hair vacation. <laughs> Just put it away. Yes. Let it rest. No, exactly. It's going it's going it's going to Miami and it's gonna be <laughs> chilling for a while. And that's gonna be that because I don't know. I I just want it easy. Yeah, of course. As a freelance mm-hmm. writer now, mm-hmm. how do you organize your day? Because mm-hmm. I I wake up and I have to go to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have this podcast, which I somehow managed to find which time to awesome. work on. Um, but how do you, how do you, you don't have anyone telling you be here at a certain time. How do you self-motivate? It, I mean, I'm motivated by uh, money. <laughs> I, was guy, I was like, how do I save this? You know, you got to wake up, you got to make money, you got to, you got to yeah. like um, pay your bills. Do you wake uh, up early if you don't have to? I don't. I don't really wake up that early. Like my day starts at nine. Like I don't oh. think that that's. I don't think that that's. I'm not a six a.m. You wake up at nine. I wake up at like eight. My body wakes oh, me up at okay. eight, and then at nine I start sending emails. And the beauty of Gmail is the schedule sends now. Have you seen that? Oh no! Oh, my Put me God. on. Woo! Jose knows. He's he's nodding. Wait, schedule sends. Oh my gosh! It changed the game, Brooke. I send emails. I schedule emails to send at eight a.m. So. Oh my God! This is a self care free tip. Really wonderful. Um, okay. I will be up late, and I'll be like, you know what? I want to send this email, but I want it to be at the, like the top of their inbox yeah, because I don't of want course. it to be. 
you know, down yeah, low. Of course. And then you just schedule it to send at 8 a.m. So I will write three emails the night before, go to bed, boom, when I wake up, I oh, usually have responses perfect. and like the day is already starting to go. So I basically, I work from like 9 a.m. to 6, okay. but obviously, because I'm I'm on deadline. Like yesterday, I had to file. So I've been writing a story since Tuesday, um, and I would stay up until two a.m. and then I would you know get up a little later and then I would start again. So it just depends on when the story is filed. But primarily, you're not going to get an email after um, six p.m. Right. Writing is hard work, though. It is. It's it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of. Um, it's exhausting. Uh, it's exhausting. It's, it's a lot. No, it is. I'm like, I'm like breathing hard and thinking about it. But um, no, I think that for me, after I left Vogue and I went freelance, I didn't want to do any writing. Mm. And it was weird because that's the thing that puts, you know, a roof yeah. over my head. And I was just like, no, no, no. I, so I went into like strategy for brands and stuff like that. But that wasn't, I had still had things left to say. Yes. And I had to talk mm. myself out of a lot of neuroses that I had developed about writing through that through that job. Interesting. Um, because that job was high pressure. It was like, if Rihanna walked down the street, I needed to have written about that immediately. Oh, I know. I know. know. Yeah, the pace is insane. The pace is insane. It's unsustainable. It's a young woman's game. Yeah. Like, I just, I, 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 had, was, I had exhausted myself. I didn't think I was even good anymore. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that challenge of writing... Now it's just building up my confidence. I have to like get in a headspace, and once I get in the headspace, once I have the lead, I'm good. Yes. But before then, it's all terror, right? And, and procrastination, right? I'm in I'm in a stand up comedy class now. We have to oh do our gosh. final set at Caroline's, like a full five minute set. I'm like terrified. Wait, um, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm taking the class with my husband, which it's like it's like one of those things where right. I've now realized we've now done. I've done four two-minute sets. Okay. The first time I had to go up, yeah. like, it was so scary. But I've now realized that I am i don't think anything could scare me now in terms of public. Like, right. once you've done stand-up, and I'm, like, a student of stand-up, and I, like, respect stand-up so much, mm-hmm. that I now know how much work goes into being funny on stage and being relatable on stage and joke structure and, like, the setup and the punchline oh, and the pacing. And the it is, like, a, an art Oh, honey. And because I respected yes. it so much, it's like, who am I to even try? <laughs> but it's been really fun. I've learned about the comedy world through my brother, yeah. watching my brother. And it is a really grueling profession. Oh, yeah. It's um, be funny on demand. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? And having a response to everything. You have to have yeah. – you've got to – You've got to be constantly reading. You've got to constantly like know the idioms, the phrasings. The, your timing has to be totally. down right, like because it's you have to be sharp. You have to be on. Yeah. And I I bow down to you and like all comedians who do that for like yeah. a living because for me writing is more meditative. Like it's a slower process. You Joke know? Right. comedians make it look like on stage like they just have these funny thoughts, but. You, right. you write your material. That's also it's very you true. Know? And my you know? Brother, my brother's always trying jokes out on me and his wife. I'm like, can you? <laughs> but I get it now because you have to test the material. So now yes. I just like text my friends like random thoughts that I have and they're like not funny. They just do like the thumbs up and the thumbs down. Like I'm I'll send them like 12 jokes. <laughs> Wait, so what kind of comedy are you doing? Like It's what... just stand. It's just a stand up class. But what's your like what's your oh, point like, of view? Like what my whole set is basically about how like I love being inside more than anything. <laughs> 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 I love when plans are canceled. <laughs> And my husband like goes to Burning Man and I go to bed and it's like a good marriage because like I just I, but it's true. It's yeah. coming from a very real place. Like I think being inside is the ultimate. I mean, being home is the ultimate. Definitely for me. I, listen, as, as I've grown older, I I re, it takes a lot. Right. And you have every, everything you have and want is inside. What am I going outside for? It's no the summer in really draws me outside. Because everyone's sexy and it's like a mood. And I feel guilty because we have so little of it, right? Yeah. Like we're just cramped up in our homes all winter, which yes. I think can be really lovely. And obviously I work from home. Yeah. So sometimes I get a little store crazy. But I don't know. I love going out in the summertime. I love going to the beach. I love traveling. Same. This is like 
I mean, I just went to Miami last week and I'm like, okay, so when do I go back? And like, <laughs> no. where am I going next? I love Miami. I love Miami. Yeah. I really was like, okay, I feel great. I feel free and let's get free, <laughs> you know? So that, I do get drawn out, but I am also like a, the old lady at the club too. With like, the club is fun with the right people and the right DJ. Absolutely. I don't like, I have to be dancing or and I have to have a seat. And I, and I, if I like, can't have either then I'm just like this place is not for me <laughs> you need table service like you need yes. a place to put your jacket in but I fully agree absolutely okay final question yeah yeah I could talk to you literally all day I know I was like Brooke I really love you. <laughs> I know You're we have to keep talking I know because it's so funny this is like our first time really even talking I know but, like, like it's like cool to do this I, I saw like. you at the Instagram yeah tutorial it's like a sped up like French like it's just like okay now we know each other I actually now really we can like hang that. out I, 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 let, let's do it when do you feel most beautiful? Ooh, um, that's a good question. I love seeing the like the growth in me. I love a, looking back and looking at the growth that I that I've had and been like, wow, Marjorie, like you really changed. You've really you've really evolved, and I feel like you've become you know a better person. You become more beautiful. Like in those in those moments that you thought were you were gonna be. Mm. destroyed or it was gonna be over you've really kind of held the line um i'm like damn girl you really are fine like you were really like you know like you really are a, doing it when you when i see the the advancements i think when i advance and when i grow i feel the most beautiful and i feel fully formed um and then also i mean i'm there's also the shallow moment when you get out of the shower and you're like in the mirror and you're like, damn, girl, I'm 36. But like, I, I mean, I, <laughs> but I could maybe be 21. Like, yeah. who knows? Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm thinking like when you're 60, like, you know, what's that going to look like? I don't know. I think that that's like when I feel the most beautiful yeah. it's like of growth and like really just looking at myself and being yeah. and being like, you're gonna you're doing well yes you're, yeah you're gonna be okay yeah and it's so important to have those moments right oh my gosh. of looking in the mirror and being like look at you look at you looking look at, good look at god like yes. look i mean seriously <laughs> I, I i i don't think there's anything wrong with that my friend pam has really taught me a lot about owning my body and like owning what i look like and um i just want to take that attitude into the next year you know yeah thank you so much for being on naked beauty this was amazing i loved this thank you so much all right guys thank you so much for listening bye Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 